You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. In introducing the latest inflation report, Mervyn King, Governor of the Bank of England, remarked that, I quote, it is very likely that the UK economy entered a recession in the second half of this year, end of quote. In fact, it is certain. The question is what the UK authorities can and should do about it. Look at the big picture. UK households have borrowed too much and saved too little. In the first quarter of 1992, they saved 12% of disposable income. By the first quarter of 2008, this had fallen to minus 1%. Low savings and high debt were a consequence of the feverish credit growth of recent years. In turn, the credit crisis is a revulsion against those debt accumulations. People have lent and borrowed foolishly. Once lenders recoil, borrowers must repent. With the most indebted households in the group of seven leading countries, the UK is extremely vulnerable to a credit crunch. Gordon Brown, the Prime Minister, is right to think global, but much of the blame remains local. The longer-term solution is obvious. The UK must save more and move into a current account surplus. What has been happening so far, the tightening of credit and collapse in sterling, is exactly what is needed to bring this transformation about. The problem is not with the direction, but with the brutal speed of change. At the first sign of difficulty, those who have always believed the UK should join the Eurozone pipe up. Yet if the UK had been a member of the Eurozone over the past decade, its plight would be far worse. Over this period, the Bank of England's interest rates were consistently higher than those of the European Central Bank. Yet the only reasonable criticism of the Monetary Policy Committee is that its interest rates should have been much higher still to curb the gathering rush of UK households into debt. Similarly, if the UK had been in the Eurozone, the recent sterling depreciation against the Eurozone could not have happened. Yet this depreciation is likely to be non-inflationary in current circumstances, just as it was when sterling was pushed out of the exchange rate mechanism of the European monetary system in September 1992. If the UK were in the Eurozone, it would need years of falling domestic prices to improve its external competitiveness. But what is the point of enduring the years of economic weakness needed to achieve the 15% improvement in competitiveness against the Eurozone secured painlessly in the past year? Fortunately, since the UK is not in the Eurozone, it still has its own monetary policy. It seems obvious from the inflation report that further interest rate cuts are on the way. Based on market interest rate expectations, the MPC's central forecast is of a marked undershooting of the inflation target with a chance of an outright fall in prices. The MPC's central forecast is also of a decline of 1.3% in gross domestic product next year. Yet this is likely to prove far too optimistic. Apart from the slide in the economies of the UK's principal trading partners, the weakness of domestic demand is clear. The banking system is now under a bit less pressure, but growth of credit to the economy, and so of broad money, has collapsed. With the aim of preventing a big undershoot in inflation, the MPC may have to cut interest rates sharply. 
perhaps all the way to zero. Many would also argue that with the credit engine broken and the impact of lower interest rates correspondingly enfeebled, there should be a discretionary fiscal boost on traditional Keynesian lines. The argument looks attractive, yet to make much of a difference, any such action would have to be large. Much less than 2% of GDP, about £30 billion, would hardly be worthwhile. The difficulty with such a policy, for which the government has indeed been preparing the world, is the already huge fiscal deficits of the UK. While the debt stock is not high, flows of additional debt now are. It is all too easy to imagine public sector net borrowing exceeding 8% of GDP if the government undertook a big discretionary stimulus. So fiscal action must be credibly temporary. The danger is that the combination of such huge deficits with very low interest rates might destroy investor confidence. The result might well be the dire combination of a collapsing currency with rising long-term interest rates. While the risk is indeed worth taking in the circumstances, it would only be so if a clear and credible path back to fiscal sustainability were shown at the same time. Moreover, that path would need to be built on extremely cautious assumptions about sustainable levels and growth of GDP. The issue here is, it should be stressed, that of fundamental fiscal solvency. Membership of the Eurozone would also do nothing to improve this unless one expects Eurozone taxpayers to bail out the British. I suspect the former are far too wise to take the UK on any such terms. The country is, as it should be, on its own. Somehow it must temper the needed adjustment to the shock without destroying its longer-term credibility. Indeed, it could not cope with the shock if it did destroy its credibility. That is the biggest peril confronting the UK authorities in navigating the stormy seas ahead. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.